Hey guys, welcome to the episode. Harrison here, or as other people now call me, the Pod Daddy Long Legs. Welcome to the episode. I just wanted to let you know that this episode is ripped straight from our Outpost Con episode. So you may notice that the audio is a little bit lower quality than you are used to, and I apologize for that. It's just because it was a live stream. Just wanted to let you know that we are having a week off due to all the extra spooky, spectacular content that we put out and all the guest spots that we did over October, as we are dead, dead as ghosts. But instead of you guys missing out on content, we thought we would take this audio from what was a paid con and let you guys have it for free because we just love you that much so yeah we hope you enjoy the episode either way it'll be great to see you next week when we are back in the meantime if you want to check out our discord because that community is really active at the moment is all the memes from the tj weems which is a straight up meme channel and we do have all the game recommendation channels as well so if you want to get involved in that and get your suggestions onto the episodes for the next coming weeks it would be amazing to have you there as that community is just insane it's a great fun thing to be a part of that being said let's get into the episode and i really hope you enjoy it Oh, hello everyone and welcome to Grief Burrito or oh, more like we're known through October. We are actually Spooky Burrito. I am your host Harrison Wilde and my wonderful co-host over there on the internet, over this side of the screen on my screen, maybe not yours, is Jordan Chenton. Say hello. It's hello. A good <laughs> <laughs> hello everyone and welcome to the show. For any of you who aren't familiar with us, we are mainly a video game movie entertainment and spooky podcast. Spooky. Uh, all the way through October, we have been focusing on doing spooky episodes consistently. Wonderful spooky stuff. So wonderful. That is right. And today for our special live episode for you guys over at Outpost Con. Hello everyone out there. This is actually hello. our 10th episode for the month. You've been even Ted through episodes this month. And we're going to be delving into what makes horror games and films scary. We had a great chat with one of our friends, Ross, from I understood that reference last week on our bonus episode, which was Spooky Burrito 24.5. So we've been releasing all of our bonus episodes this week. And it got us thinking about some of the horrendous situations that me and Jordan have found ourselves in while delving through some of the entertainment joyous things we found ourselves in in games and in movies we've got spooky on the brain we have yeah so we're going to go over what we think have been the elements that are used to make these scares stick with us and how they might affect the mind so jordan oh actually after that we might actually even have some paranormal stories that have been sent in from some listeners and some of the spooky moments that they've experienced in games and films so we may have time for that after it depends how long this goes on for so before we begin our segment, we'd like to put it to you guys in the chat as well. If you have any moments from games or films that have stuck with you, maybe these little things, unexpected moments from films that might not usually be expected to be scary. One of them that was brought up in the chat, I don't know if you saw Jordan, was Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Apparently there is a really horrendous moment in that. I've not seen it, but they Neither sent have I. from it. No, it's on Netflix now, so we might have to watch that one. Okay. Um, but before that, we've got some classifications of fear, haven't we? We do. So before we get into the gaming side, do you know how fear works, Harrison? I don't. I don't feel it. I don't feel fear. You don't feel fear. Just hunger. That's it. Only hunger. Just hunger. When you experience something scary, like not having any food, uh, your amygdala, nestled away in the soft, squishy center of your brain, kicks in. It sends what I would assume is a spooky memo to the nervous system, and then stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline are released. (laughs) Sorry, I imagine a ghost-shaped like post-it note. Like a little yeah. ghost face on it. <laughs> and then it's just like fear in all caps. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so you breathe faster, your heart rate quickens, and your blood even freaks out and starts moving away from your heart and to your limbs, making it easier to throw hands or fling feet, which means running, I think. Yes. <laughs> Vsauce, an incredibly popular science-based YouTube channel, made a video about fear called What is the Scariest Thing? In the video, they show something called a web of fear. The idea is that there are nine almost central fear archetypes, or archetypes, I don't know what the correct word is, uh, we all experience. So these are falling, suffocation, incapacitation, disease, the unknown or paranormal, sudden movement, isolation, pain, and obviously death. You won't need to watch the video for context, obviously. However, I definitely recommend watching it at some point. The scary beauty of video games, though, is that they can make us feel all of these archetypes. 
And uh, we'll go over a few of them for each of the games we talk about and movies, just to mm-hmm. show you what we mean. We shall, yes. Yeah. So first, Jordan, I want to talk about something that has stuck with me in a few small games. So these were what what we've classified as not scary scaries. So one of the first moments that I remember being scared by a game as a kid was in Mario 64 for the N64, funnily enough, where you go to a particular part of the game, which is called Big Boo's Mansion. Such and a good name. It is. And Big Boo is one of those iconic characters with a big spooky face. Anyone who doesn't know, he's a ghost that is essentially shy, but he'll only come after you when you turn away. And this is the horror section of the game where... The rest of the game isn't scary, is it, Jordan? There's nothing. No, nothing really at all. Like that? No, it's all nice at all. Nothing at all. Stupid, sexy Flanders. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so you go. You'll let you fuck it. <laughs> you go from your level select screen where it's like this really happy Mario with ba 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 ba, and then Mario uh, goes let's go. Thank you for that extra note there, Jordan. And then it's suddenly this wind and dissonant low piano, and you're caught off guard. You don't really expect it. And as a four or five year old, which I was at the time back in like 1995 those wondrous days when we were allowed outside and I was back at school eating sweets, you suddenly feel this change in tone and it is, it's palpable. And the actual moment that scared me is still ingrained solidly into my mind. And it is the room on the left, the first door on the left when you go into the mansion. And it's because you are hit with something unusual. And first of all, the camera changes, which sounds like a very small thing, but for anyone who knows about film, I know we did just have the, the film panel just on about sci-fi films. So this may be something that applies there. The camera, which is usually this uh, this free roam camera that is orbiting freely around Mario or the character, is suddenly pinned into the top corner of this room at this really strange Dutch angle as you enter. And you notice there's a piano in the room with you. And when you go over onto the piano, because you're like, oh, you get this pang of something, it's familiar because you haven't really found anything like that in the game up to that point. And then when you approach it, suddenly the piano bursts into life and this cavity starts swinging open on the top filled with razor sharp teeth and it's bounding towards you, clattering and it's keys in this horrendous cacophony of noise. And then you run out of the room like the five-year-old that you are, hoping that you never have to come back, don't you, Jordan? <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine so. I never actually got to that level, to be fair. I've seen it. Really? Oh, yeah, we need to do a playthrough of Mario 64. It's so good. I really want to do <laughs> okay. that again. Didn't they just remaster uh, that? They did for the Switch. Yeah, you can get the three pack, but it's on a limited release that a lot of people in the gaming sphere are very annoyed by at Nintendo for that because they're like limiting that you can buy a digital game. Like if it's digital, it should always just be there. That, that is the weirdest like thing I've heard this week. Yes, and we've heard a lot of weird things this week. It's 2020. <laughs> and uh, the real scary point of this game comes when you have to actually collect the eight red coins in these games. So for each world, you have these little tasks to complete. And in this one, you have to find these secret red coins. And the scary thing is, is that one of them is nestled behind the piano and you don't know that until it's been chasing you around. So you have to run in there like, oh God, help! And then like get out <laughs> straight away again. And that was one oh. of the first moments for me as a kid that I was like, okay, a game can actually be scary. And particularly because none of the rest of the game is scary, Jordan, is it? It's just no, everything, everything else is nice. Just happy. Yeah. And, and then for that one moment, it's like, oh my God, please send help. <laughs> <laughs> send help. Send help. <laughs> uh, so a lot of this sounds like the fear of the unknown, doesn't it? So it does. you're so used yeah. to bright and happy environments. And then suddenly there's this shift in something a little more somber and it leaves you shaken because you're just not used to it at all. It, like, oh, especially totally. as a kid as well. You're just yeah, like yeah. terrified. Isn't the banjo so and kazooie? Yeah. There's like a big rusting fish as well. Oh, clanker. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. clanker's cavern. Apparently also, that scares a lot of people. It does scare a lot of people with his big sharp teeth and he's got gold teeth that you've got to knock out. Also a shout out to Grant Kirkhope. He is one of the best music composers ever because the music from that level is still ingrained in my brain and I, 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 I catch myself humming it all the time. And I mustn't have played it since like 1997. And I actually messaged him the other day on Twitter and I was like, Grant, why is this music still stuck in my head? And I'm still waiting for a <laughs> What reply. have you done, you wizard? <laughs> yeah. You audio uh, wizard. You audio wizard, you. Are you yeah, still I afraid think... of the piano? Yes, there's something that still <laughs> still catches me there. It still it still gets me. And I think, like you said, from the, the fear of the unknown that we said about the classification a moment ago, I think there's a part of this game that not only plays on the sudden movement 
trigger as well because it's something that you don't expect to suddenly like jump at you like a whole grand piano it's not something that should be moving quite so limber like that <laughs> but i i also think it's the fear of being eaten and suffocated so you might actually tie in suffocation into that as well because you're scared of being trapped in the top at least i'm scared of being ch- stuck in the top of a piano maybe that's just me you know what i mean do you have any fears like that uh, i'm afraid of dinosaurs I'm afraid of T-Rexes. Hang on, I hang think, on, hang on. Yeah, yeah. We've yeah. been doing this podcast for what, like two years? Never yes. knew you were afraid of dinosaurs. I'm afraid of T-Rexes. Specifically which, T-Rex. Which, which it would be a completely rational fear millions mm-hmm. of years ago. Yeah, not now. But it's not now, no. Yeah. It also turns out that they found recently that they're not the predators that they thought they were. They're more like, they were scavengers because they had tiny little baby arms, didn't they? And, uh, they made a real, really crap noise. It wasn't like a big roar like they had in Jurassic yeah. Park. It was some that's tiny little like. Eh. <laughs> what the roar? Yeah, I was walking I mean, past like... an arcade machine when I was a kid. You know the one where you'd sit in it and then like shoot things. Yeah, uh, and then the roar was really loud, and I was like, "Nope, do not like that." And walked away. <laughs> I am out of here. Just like straight leave. <laughs> Later's just gone. Amazing. So, do you have any game memories like this yourself? Like I mine? do. I actually have a more recent one, uh, which okay. is not a title. Than mine. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, it's infinitely better because I'm talking about it. Ah, okay. Uh, I see. It's, an, it's a non-horror game, but it definitely mm. keeps you on edge. Like you think something's okay. going to scare you, but I don't think that's the way it was designed. I don't know if it was meant to be like this. I think you know this game. Okay. Yeah. So the game is Gone Home. Yes, I know it. I know. So it's from 2013. And it's what most people would call a walking simulator. So you spend the entire time in the game walking about and just picking things up. Um, So it's basically a novella in video game form about a girl returning to her family's new home after being away for some time overseas. So the Mm -hmm. game has you walking around the house, which is still being unpacked after the move, and you slowly unravel what's happened while you were away. I won't say anything else about the story, really, because it's just genuinely good. I think anyone who puts time into either watch a playthrough or something like that, you'll really enjoy it. Um, The only thing I'll say is that it's 100% not a horror game and that there are no (laughs) horror aspects whatsoever. There are some supernatural elements like dotted around. They don't really do anything with it. It's just there very briefly. Um, While walking through the house, it feels like there's a real sense of unease because everyone knows what it's like to be in like an empty house. Yeah, everyone knows mm. that and like being nervous about a noise you heard or just not enjoying being alone like in kind of dim light and if yeah. you do play this game I promise there are no jump scares whatsoever I had to google it burritos on her <laughs> there are no jump scares you'll be fine yeah you'll be okay you'll survive don't worry it's a, it's a wonderful wonderful game though it is and it, it really catches you off guard in the direction that it goes I, I downloaded it on, it was on Game Pass a while ago. So for anyone who doesn't know what Game Pass is, if you have an Xbox on, if you have Game Pass, you get, it's like a hundred games, isn't it, Jordan, to play? I think it might and, be more now. Yeah. And they all just rotate. So you get to play all different games. Um, and this was on there. So I thought, you know what? I've never heard of this game. It, this was, must've been a few years ago because it came out quite a while ago, didn't it, Jordan? Yeah. 2013. Cool. 2013. Oh, right. Yeah. So, wow. Seven years ago now. Jesus Christ. Time flies like <laughs> a normal straight line. And so I got it downloaded, started through it, and I fully expected a horror game. I, like, to my heart's content, I was like, okay, this, I, there are going to be ghosts. There's going to be demons. They're going to be jumping out the woodwork all around the place. And I was just shocked that it, it wasn't like that, but it still managed to keep up this level of unease. Like you said, it, it still kept the tension. It never tapers off. Never. No, it's just it always there. Yeah. I don't know how. Like some of the films we'll talk about later on, there's some some things that just manage to hold that tension line and never seem to let you relax, which I think is a, is a great purpose. And this game, it, it's wonderful in a way that it draws on your emotions. Not only is it frying you up and serving you three delectable portions of fear over easy. You know, you get in the unknown, like we mentioned before, Jordan, because you're wandering <laughs> around in a... Sunny side <laughs> up. Sunny side up, please. I don't like over Wait. easy. We know it's morning for you guys, so we're going for morning analogies. Yeah, we're, we're going to throw in morning jokes where we can. <laughs> so they're giving you the, the unknown or the paranormal because you're wandering around in that spoopy darkness. Uh, we've got isolation because it's, it's a very large house you're wandering in. It's an opulent burrito mansion, which we, we know true and well. That's the way, only way to live. There's lots of space and there's lots of dark. And the final one, which is weird because it's sudden movement. 
because I, it's kind of hard. There to is none. With. Yeah, there's none. It lacks. What you sudden think movement. there will be, but it's the anticipation which you you can argue is more important than the payoff. Sometimes the build up to a scare can do so so much for either a film or a game or any other kind of entertainment. If you're doing audio, maybe if you're listening to a, an audio book. And what this game does, it does it just so well by creating this sense of anticipation and it makes you expect movement, even though it never happens other than you. I, I, I found it un, un, measurably amazing just for that, to be honest. Yeah, so impressive that they managed to do that, like make you feel like something's going to jump out and it just never does. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah, Sarah in the chat says uh, she's never been scared by a game. She's been startled, though. But I, I recommend if you can get this. I know you just said Game Pass is on the PC as well, Sarah. It is now. Yeah, if you get Game Pass Ultimate, uh, I would recommend seeing if this is on there because I think it might be still. I'd recommend getting on there and playing Hopefully it. so, yeah. It's decent. It is. It's very good. It's worth, worth your time. And uh, this got me thinking about certain aspects of horror games because we... We, we obviously know about Outlast and we saw the rise of Amnesia, didn't we, Jordan? We did play through Outlast on our YouTube channel. That was the uh, kingmaker for YouTube uh, stars. That. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, because they're two horror games that a lot of people reacted to, didn't they? Because they, they yeah. scared the absolute crap out of a lot of people. I nearly swore a lot then. I don't know if I know. I'm allowed to swear on this stream. <laughs> I'm holding it in. I'm raining it, raining it hard. <laughs> but these games are absolutely terrifying and they're tense. And they are full of atmosphere and atmospheric lore almost aren't they they do a lot to build the environment around you to make it uh, an experience that sticks with you yeah you can actually feel and the real kicker about these games is is that you are defenseless the main mechanic yes. of these games is there is no combat all you can do is run and hide. And it's it your ability to scurry nice. under and into things. That's yes. your special ability. It's basically rat simulator. Scurry and hide. And that is scurry. all you need to do. <laughs> I have Maybe two modes, scurry and hide. Yeah, exactly. That's all you, all you have. So I wanted, I wanted to ask you, Jordan, and feel free, anyone in the chat, to answer this as well. Which is scarier to you guys? Having no defense and you can only run having a weapon to kill things if they would happen to attack you or having a weapon, but it falls almost useless if it's not used in the correct way. That is a really tough one. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of any situations where it's like, there's been a game with a weapon and you mess up and that makes it scarier. So you're like, oh, well, I've ruined this. Yeah, yeah. Well, look at like Dead Space, which we're going to talk about later on. That's... yeah very much like that because you have to be accurate in a way that you're chopping off limbs basically yeah dissecting things dissecting uh, things and headshots don't really work I'd say not having anything that's scarier to me yeah but then again it's, it's not that scary because you know that there's always somewhere to hide you know that the AI is at a point where it's like they're dumb enough to not find you unless it's the alien in Alien Isolation that is a very good point. Yeah. That boy will find you. <laughs> that boy will find you regardless. Find you hard. For anyone who doesn't know about the alien in isolation. Sorry to interrupt you there, Jordan. No, go for it. Um, the alien is coded in such a way, uh, co coded by a friend of mine called Gary Napper. And the way that they work on it is uh, the, the alien and its AI has a, an overall director that always knows where you are and it feeds the alien bits of information to, help it find you in, in the map whether you're hiding inside cabinets or underneath beds and the very clever thing about it is it'll start to work it out won't it jordan so if you start to hide in yeah. a lot of cabinets, it's going to start checking in a lot of cabinets so you've got to mix yourself up in what you're doing and i hate that it makes it feel a hell of a lot more real i'd say the third option then having a weapon but it falls almost useless unless it's used correctly because yeah. that's what alien isolation is. You can scare yeah. the alien off in certain things, like with a flamethrower, but it'll eventually learn that it won't kill it. So it's like, oh, yeah. fire yeah. sucks, but you know, I'm not going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so, no, that, that's what I think mine is. Because speaking of like, like alien isolation, where you've got, like you've got like a wrench and you can try and fight those AI guys, but it doesn't really do anything because they're robots. They're gonna they're filled with milky blood like in the film and they're gonna get you and twist your head off. That's all they want to do, really. And in Is Dead that Space, not what everyone wants to do. 
That's what everyone wants to do in this spooky season. That's all we're saying. It's like opening um, a twist top Capri Sun. <laughs> full of delicious goo. Only it's my goo. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> never mind. Right, Moving move on. on. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Outpost in the, in the chat just said, um, they feel like having weapons isn't as scary because it's like a very clear direction. Just run, do the thing. When you have a weapon and you have choices, more opportunities to die. See, that's what I mean. In yes. Dead Space, having all these weapons when you've got to be accurate while you're panicking, that makes that scarier to me, I think. Yeah. Because you can definitely. just mess it up. And if you've got a grenade launcher and you shoot it wrong and then you blow up and then you're just asking for trouble, if anything. That is me in 90% of shooting games nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm either I'm either like 1000 IQ can land a shot with a grenade launcher from miles away mm -hmm. or straight at my feet or into yeah, a ledge and trying to shoot door frame and hit yourself in the face with it. <laughs> oh, the amount of times I've done that is embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. So I have a counter question for you. What's your parry? Go on. I know. Combo breaker. <laughs> go, 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 combo breaker. Is kind of sound effect thing. Oh, me too. If something is something scarier when it's based mm. in reality. So a good kind of example of this is Alien or yep. the film Hush. I'm trying to get my hands in shot. Alien or Hush. So Alien, obviously, Sigourney Weaver on the Nostromo. Yes, that's right. And Hush is about a deaf lady who has a home invader. Very good movie. And yeah, they're both. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Hush is really good. <laughs> we uh, had a massive, a massive thing online recently as it came out that Jordan hated Alien for all you guys it. watching. I hated you it. You really it didn't so like boring. it. And the funny thing is, you watched 2001 A Space Odyssey with me. I like that. I enjoyed, enjoyed that through it. And that is a way longer, slower movie than Alien. Well, at least it's interesting and stuff happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Which do you think is scarier? Something based in reality or based in science fictiony awayness? I think awayness from, from usness. Awayness. Yeah, it, it's hard. Um, guys in the chat, Sarah, she's saying hush. And I, I agree in a manner with hush. I will say that hush is definitely a scary concept because, yeah, like you said, it could happen. And especially if you're deaf and you don't know someone's wandering around in your house, that always creeps me out. Like I remember yeah. one of my mum's friends saying that they were having a shower once and they came out the room and their loft hatch was open and a guy's head just popped down. That is terrifying. Why would you tell me that? I know, I'm sorry. Hope you're not alone tonight. I am. I'm the lo I'm loft, loft repair man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, on one, one hand, I do agree with that. However, with some horror films that are more supernatural, I think if the world of the film or the game is grounded in reality, something like the Blair Witch Project, or you could eat, you could even say I'd, stuff I'd say like the Blair Witch Project kind of and paranormal activity fall within mm. the same category as Hush because they're grounded in a world we understand to a okay. degree. Okay. Whereas so like Alien, like Alien's really, yeah, like fantastical. Okay, opposed to right, just like right, right. Sl slightly supernatural. Like, okay. I, I think Alien's scary in the way that you don't know at the start what the Xenomorph's capable of, so you can be caught off guard. Whereas mm. in a film like Hush, you know that the end outcome is either going to be she survives or she's going to die. Yeah, yeah. In, a yeah. in Alien, yeah, you I don't, yeah, 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 I you don't you. know if like there's a billion more aliens and you're just like, oh, well, that could be a whole thing. You know, Actually, there's loads you know of different what? outcomes. That, that makes a lot of sense to me because I find, I found signs with Mel Gibson and Yahween Phoenix. Yahween! Yahween! Infinitely scarier than I did find Alien scary. And that's because I live near a lot of cornfields. And when I look out of my room at night, there is a roof over the road that in the darkness, there could be an alien grey stood on top of there. You know what I'm saying? Like, an alien green. An alien green. Oh yeah, he's green. Isn't it? Although they change colours, remember? He's, he's an alien check shirt at one point, like yourself. He's a mossy boy. What he's can a mossy I say? Boy. You know what I'm saying? He's, uh, he's adaptive. Yeah. Uh, at least I appreciate them for their adaptive qualities. Let's just say that. So yeah, I think stuff <laughs> stuff ground in reality is more scary. However, an alien thing like that, where it's set on Earth in a realistic environment, I find that scary also. Which would you say is worse? Or do you want me to flip a coin for you? I mean, if if a person gets into my house, I I I have things I can hit them with, and I feel confident that I I could I could get some damage, a lot of damage in, you know. That's a lot well, of damage. That's a lot I of damage. Bone in half. 
<laughs> no, Sorry. you didn't. That's a lie. <laughs> Sorry. Whereas if it's an alien I and that breaks into my house, I'm not sure what I could do to that. Or a ghost. There's no punching ghosts unless you've got ghost fists, which I don't think I have. Need a transient curse if you're playing Dark Souls. Exactly. You know yeah, need a transient curse up in this place. Right. I'm going to flip a coin for you. Okay. Heads or tails? Tails. Tails. It's heads. Right. So it's going to be... Does that mean I'm dead? What? Uh, what? You didn't tell me yes, what I was playing for. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Never mind. Right. Skip that. Let's go. They're both scary. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, I forgot scary. to tell you which one it was going to be heads or tails. So I messed that yeah. up. But it's all yeah, right. It's okay. This is not we'll pretty fun, that part. We'll do it live. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So we just spoke about Gone Home, a first-person non-horror game. Harrison, yep. are you ready to talk about a first-person specifically horror game? I'm so specifically ready. <laughs> I should hope so, because this oh, is yeah. somewhat planned. Oh, God. <laughs> Resident Evil 7. One of the many things I love about video games is that they have basically endless possibilities. There's like limitless potential with them. All you really need is someone with a vision and the communication skills to either tell a team what to do or tell a computer what to do. And then, ta-da, you've got Death Stranding or Metal Gear Solid because those things are crazy. Hideo Kojima is a crazy person. He's a serious boy. He's, uh, it's impressive, but wow. What goes on in that man's head? Resident yeah. Evil 7, or Biohazard 7 as it's known in some parts of the world, plonks you down in the unprepared shoes of the protagonist, Ethan. Ethan, Ethan. has made his way down to... Ethan! <laughs> Ethan has made his way down to the southern end of America after receiving a video message from his missing wife. Throughout the story, you are faced with black mold creatures with sharp teeth and tendrils, regenerating members of the deranged Baker family, and a few species of insects that really want to get all up about you. Oh, yeah, they do. (laughs) This game represents so many different fears from isolation as you wander around the Baker estate, disease as you encounter all the grotesque bugs and infected humans. It's a a pretty big place. Yeah, but it's seriously down. Yeah. Who has a door that you have to have three different dog heads to open? Not real dog heads for anyone who doesn't know. Like cast, metal cast dog heads. That's like very specific keys. Imagine if you went out to the shops and you forgot one of your dog heads. Are you going to lock up? Yeah, especially if it's got like a night latch. That'd suck. Exactly. Actually, locksmith on speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to carve me out another dog head. Oh, fucking these Baker family again. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the unknown as well, it plays into it because you're trying to piece together what's happening with this family and how things have got this bad, even though you're just trying to look for your wife, really. Uh, yeah. yeah. What, what do you think? I think that from what I've seen of that game, I've seen my brother play through it and I've seen a bit of you playing it as well. And it seems they really went all out to draw on your fears. They really went, they, it's like they broke down specifically, which I imagine they did from a game design point of view. They said, okay, what can we do here to make people feel really uncomfortable while they're playing our game? You know, just to make it really enjoyable. <laughs> There's a bit where the, the dad of the family, Jack, you think you've killed him. Uh, and then, or you think he's died and then he comes out all burnt from this car crash that you've just been in uh, and he just gets the gun in your hand, puts it in his mouth and shoots himself in the head just to mess with you because he knows he's going to regenerate. And it's like, oh, okay. Hmm." I mean, all I can say from that is that I wish I had the confidence of his dad. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) it's a rough time. You just have the confidence to say that, yeah, I'm going to regenerate. It's all right. Yeah, well, you don't know that he's going to do it until that point. You think, oh, like, right, oh, okay. right, they got rid of that character pretty quick. And then, you know, he just gets back up later. Yeah, damn. No, I, I, I haven't played that game yet. I, it's also on Game Pass at the moment, and I've been very close to downloading it, but I'm like, I don't know how much my weak heart can take, you know? Oh, yeah, you've got a gammy heart, haven't you? Got a gammy heart. I don't want to end up dead in Halloween. It's my favorite season. I've got to eat some fizzy cherries first. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll say that game from what I've seen, they do a great job of bringing in the, the tone of all the visuals and the sound design, especially because they, they, they did it in VR as well, didn't they? Yes, for PlayStation only, which really annoyed me because they said they had the exclusivity for a year and it's now been like many years. I don't know how many hey, years, but many. Exclusivity, bull, bull crap. Bull crap. Ooh, nice, save. nice save. Nice <laughs> save. Nice yeah, save. I, I, w- I wish they'd bring 
that to more. But then saying that Xbox doesn't have VR yet. However, there was something leaked the other day that I think we might be getting that with a new one. A little bit of sneaky news for you there from something I read from an insider the other day. Ooh. Don't tell anyone. You guys, this is secret. All you guys in the chat. <laughs> this is secret, he says. Outpost can <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I, I think they did well with it. However, I don't think I could play that in VR because it looks hor- I've seen ga- playthroughs and it looks horrifying. I don't think I could do that. I think I've completed um, it enough that it wouldn't bother me now in normal mode. Reckon. So I know what it, what everything that happens like. Okay. I can right. run that game in like three hours now. Three hours, damn. Something. Like, I think I did it in like two hours, 40, 50, something Stop like that. Bragging. <laughs> it's not bragging. Just like oh, oh, no. this happens. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. I don't think I've ever completed a game that fast, other than like Star Fox. I've done that pretty fast. We did that on the channel, didn't we? We did, yes. Yeah, we did that very fast. Now, I want to take a brief jump onto something after Jordan's touched on first-person horror. And I want to go on to something that's been done a lot over the years. However, a lot of games haven't done it very well. However, there's a few games that have done it particularly expertly, I would say. And that is third-person horror. And I think one element that's super important in third-person horror, and that's not to say that it's it's not important in every genre of film or game, because it definitely is, and that is sound. And I think the reason it works so well in the next instance I'm going to mention to you is because, like I mentioned before, that the designers must have thought about how they're trying to make you feel. This, These next two instances are... They've taken into account so much what they're trying to instill with you that there's videos about the production of why they made the choices. And that's why it's really interesting. So you've got panic and you've got unease. And that's the two okay. levels of fear that we're dealing with here, Jordan. Hold me up a panic, hold me up an unease. You know what I'm saying? Thank you very much. Keep them there. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a slim video for you. I know, yeah, we've got to like, keep them together. So the first game I want to talk about, I mentioned at, briefly in a, a side comment at the start of the episode is Dead Space 1. And... This this game it definitely wants you to panic. They have thought it, about panic. It slaps. That it, game slaps. It slaps you with panic. In your panic with its own panic. And it's instant <laughs> fear. Like that's what they're trying to get here. Uh, and I think one of the most incredible sound moments in this game in, in Dead Space One, and it's in an amazing video series which I've mentioned on our podcast before called War Stories, which is it's all about game design. So it's worth worth watching through, in my opinion. And the, the video itself is called How Dead Space's Scariest Scene Almost Killed the Game. And in there, there's a, a, an interview with the game's director, Glenn Schofield, where he goes into detail about how the full game was made, pretty much. And it's, it's like a 40-minute documentary. It's, it's very in-depth. And I'm glad I watched it because it mentioned a particular sound that always stuck out to me in the campaign. And the sound they've used is an underground train that the staff used to get to work at the office where they were making the game. And How do they have to travel? All of them? All of them together. It's like a central hub and they've got their own train line. It's a fancy studio, Jordan. Okay. Picture like umbrellas, like underground laboratory in Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wouldn't surprise me with Visceral Studios. Anyone with a name like point. Visceral Studios. And the, so the noise that they've used is this sound of an underground train. If you've used the London Underground or probably any other underground, you'll probably be familiar with this sound. And it's the harsh, like metallic, visceral sound of like the grinding metal and the friction of a train arriving along with the air rushing into the tunnel that sounds like a monster, like taking a breath, like it's real, like it does a lot adding that like almost the wind section to it it's like adding a wind section underneath an orchestra it really boosts everything up it gives it a breath if you will and they use this in i think it's the mining section of the ship if i remember correctly and you open a door and you're suddenly assaulted with this sound this like real rasping sound like i said if you use an underground you'll know the sound i mean because it hurts your ears it really does and it rattles the ship and it's all the way around you. And then you're forced to navigate through these thin corridors that sort of turn at 90 degree angles. It's not pleasant at all. It's really not nice. Who, who designs a spaceship like that? I'm not having that. Exactly. Yeah. Game designers think it like that's the point to scare you. But who are these engineers who built this ship? It's just not practical, is it? It's 90 not, degree turns not. to get to places down one straight corridor. Not having that. Exactly. How am I going to wheel all this mining equipment down all these little corridors? You can't if do anything, it. If anything, it's a whole safety risk. If exactly. anything Think at all. About <laughs> <laughs> Think about the health and safety, guys. That's all we're saying. 
Uh, and then all the light starts flashing through all the grated walls from the mining operations. And I've seen numerous playthroughs of this where people react in two ways. It always seems to be one of these two ways. They either run in like, holy crap, help, 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 because they're just like overwhelmed with this stimulus, or they try to go through slowly, trying to ignore this sound that is like reverberating their entire body. And then once the enemies start appearing, and Jordan, you know what the enemies are like in Dead Space. Oh, if you've seen are. John Carpenter's The Thing, they're kind of like stuff like that. It's not very nice. It's a scary game. And they're suddenly overwhelmed because they can't concentrate on the smallest task like aiming a weapon because of all this assault on their senses that they've got going on. And the game does it so well. It's perfectly designed. It really is. And they actually allow you to move and shoot in that game, unlike the Resident Evil games where they kept you stationary. And that was yeah. the point because it makes it more realistic because you can move, but you're like, ah, oh, you're not sure what you're doing, where you're going. You're backing up into walls and stuff's running towards you. It's just the startle reflex, it's getting it perfect for you. And it is the fastest reflex that you can have because in your ears, an audio sense is a mechanical one. It's not a chemical one. Yeah. So it's getting you fast. It's getting you that panic. It's right you know there with you. I love from Dead Space sound design. Tell me. How scared Isaac sounds when he's trying to beat stuff up. Because he's yes. genuinely panicked. He's the like, sounds, yeah. he's you knowing he's afraid makes you afraid. Because he's not yeah. some, he's just an engineer. He literally just goes in to fix spaceships when they break. He's, he's not signed up for safety this. is terrible. He's just <laughs> I there. Just like, I, I nearly banged my head on this, not having it. Yeah, and he writes, a, he writes a complaint and he sends <laughs> it through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they he, get it within six character. to eight months. Yeah, exactly. Through space. <laughs> 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 You're on a spaceship out in space, by the way, guys, if you didn't know. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think the character of Isaac Clarke is done brilliantly because it's not this space marine that you usually get in these typical games. You know, he's not a Master Chief from Halo. He's not the Doom Marine. He's a little guy who's probably quite good at soldering circuits and then he's thrown he, in there. <laughs> he uses mining equipment to destroy all these enemies. The only real weapons in there are like uh, an assault rifle. That's the only yeah, real gun. At one point. But that's the least the effective, rest, like, really. The rest are like plasma cutting tools, uh, yeah. line guns, which are for cutting metal, stuff like that. It's all just engineering equipment that he's using because he knows how to use it. Yeah. And that makes it so, I want to say it makes it a lot more visceral what's happening it does and it, it makes it it makes it feel more realistic even though it's very sci-fi it's yeah, this weird like juxtaposition of it's like it's okay it's more it makes it more believable yeah i'd say so yeah so the next thing we're going to talk about is okay we're going to move on to talk about some films as we yes. really smash these guys with games now they know we like games don't you? <laughs> you guys can feel it in the chat. You can feel the game <laughs> on. And the other kind of fear I wanted to mention, as I mentioned panic before, is unease. And as I've said today, anticipation, the buildup of fear to come, is used expertly in two films that Jordan has watched for the first time recently. I did. So for the last Halloween thing we did, we watched through four classic films. So I say recently, that was a year ago now, Jordan. I can't believe that. Oh, wow. Time flies. Yeah, it really, really time, does, especially in 2020. Flies. The 2020 oh, has been the longest Tuesday I've ever been trapped in. <laughs> <laughs> Just hasn't ended. So what are the films that we watched, Jordan? Do you want to tell the listeners? They are The Shining. Yes. And The Thing. Exactly. John Carpenter's The Thing, which is the remake of the 1940, 1951 film, The Thing from Another World. And a lot of people don't yes. realize it's a remake. And then we got another The Thing, Another the th that was really hard to say. Another the thing that the came thing. out in 2011. Yes, the thing where the thing you know the, with the stuff. It's the and thing, that one's not the worth place watching. And the stuff. <laughs> yes, the thing with all the stuff. So both of these movies soundtracks are understatedly overbearing, which sounds like an oxymoron, and I guess it is, isn't it, Jordan? It's yeah. it's hard to define those soundtracks any more than that. They both take what's a relatively simple piece of music and they layer it over and over that it creates this overwhelming, it's like a sense of dread that rises through it and they do it perfectly. They turn something so simple into a, into a, their own tool really, because they're, they make you comfortable with the soundtrack being there. It's so understated 
that it, it blends in. And then when it's, it's not there, you're left stranded in audio open water. And people often forget, like we said, that the anticipation of the buildup, it can be a lot more important than the scare at the end. If that's not there, it doesn't, it doesn't fill in. The scare feels cheap and hollow. It's like and, planning to go to Ikea and then going to Ikea. The planning's always nicer. Yes. And you just realize is. you've been walking for six days solid. There's no escape. <laughs> that guy put the, did you see that guy put the arrows? He started yeah, it's the just arrows, an infinite loop. Yeah, infinite loop of <laughs> Swedish meatballs and cupboards. <laughs> uh, yeah. So as you said about the, the soundtracks, the, the Shining opens with a very famous piece of music. Which uh, which plays and it's a funeral. How's it chant. go, Harrison? But uh, well, it's based on the what did I say? It was the Gregorian monks, the Dis Dis Irae, yes. Which you'll hear referenced in countless films, including Darth Vader's theme in the Imperial March from Star Wars. Oh and wow! The the scene where you're flying over the lake, right at the start, that really cool image that they actually redid for Doctor Sleep, which I think is so cool. Doctor Sleep That's was awesome. a great sequel, and a lot of people didn't see it. For some reason, a lot of people didn't see Doctor Sleep, and I don't know why. It's Ewan McGregor, isn't it? It is. Ewan McGregor is older Danny. It's, it's literally Obi-Wan Kenobi. How could you not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why would you not want to watch that? Hello uh, there. We've just had our 10-minute warning. Hello there, just so you know. Okay. Yes. So, and then the, th- going on the thing. Yeah, yeah. We've, got, we've only got a little bit more. So... The thing opens with a swell of synth and the UFO flying in, but the remaining of the film is scored so lightly that you just have this small pulse, don't you, Jordan? Like a rhythmic pulse, just the dun-dun, yeah. dun-dun. And it goes unnoticed for most of it, drifting into the background and blending like the thing does into people. So you, you almost don't notice it. And yeah. the theme draw, you know, it, these both these films draw on these fear themes that we mentioned earlier with how the games do. Um, of the ones that we mentioned before, Jordan, is there any that stick out to you from The Thing and The Shining? Yeah, well, it's, it's the disease aspect, isn't it? That you don't know who's yeah. ill. The, mm-hmm. the film does such a good job of not letting the viewer know. So you know as much as the other characters do in terms of yes. who's got yeah. the illness, which is amazing to me. It's the fear of death, the fear of pain, the fear of isolation, incapacitation, especially because yep. that's how it gets you. It incapacitates you and then merges with you. It's gross. It's just such a good it film. Is so gross, but so good. Yeah, love that a brilliant movie. film. Yeah, one of the, one of the best best films there is. Really, one of my it might be my top horror film. I think it might. I think again, it was one of those things like everyone watched Terminator too young. Everyone watched RoboCop too young. I no watched, watched too young. RoboCop when you were old enough. No one. No one, no one I've no. ever met. If anyone in the chat watched RoboCop when they were older than the age of eighteen, let us know because I don't think anyone exists. <laughs> They did that. I, I genuinely, uh, genuinely do not. Um, I wanted to bring up the sound of reverb. I know we've got a yes. little bit of time left um, and why that is scary. And I think that studio sounds, when you mix them into films, can sound very uh, dull and lacking body. They lack some kind of tonal quality there. And I think when you use reverb and a sound on its own can be scary, even if you're listening to something and not watching anything, if you yeah. heard like, say you heard a piece of violin music and it was completely dry, there's nothing extraneous about it to make it spooky. But then when you hear it with reverb and it sounds like this echoing choral thing, yes, your mind creates this thing that it can't see. It can feel this environment, this spooky place, this big hall that you imagine to be dark already. There you go. See, Sarah in the Sarah chat. There we go. See, everyone. Sarah, you confirmed it. You were the last person to let us know on earth. Everyone was under the age of 18. <laughs> and yeah, so I think anything with reverb in sound can make anything much, much scarier. Don't you think? I feel like the reverbs, because you can actually physically feel it at times. It's mm-hmm. almost like bass, isn't it? Like you can actually yeah. feel it. That yeah. and with the swells in music as well, because it's always accompanying something that's going to happen or a lead up to something that's going to have a payoff. Whether yes. the payoff is nothing, like it's just a red herring, or something scary happening. So you always attribute it to that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I you always attribute, attribute a swell to something that is going to happen, bad yeah. or good. It's the anticipation again. It's the anticipation release yeah. of the scare. We've been conditioned to know it. Yeah, completely. Those little yeah. rising, yeah, and then, gah, and then it gets you. 
Yeah, we have. Um, Mr. Jordan Ghostman Shenton. Yes. I've got to tell you something. I put a post out on Twitter before we began to ask some of our listeners their spookiest moments and what they were from their recent entertainment ventures into games, films, and series. Yes, Mr. Harrison, not a spooky wild. (laughs) Not a spooky. So I thought we should, uh, for the last, we've got, what, what, five minutes probably now? Let's have a read through some of these. So get ready to categorize these fears with your buff chart. (laughs) The buff being the basics of fear. That's what all science folk call it. Just so you know. (laughs) So we could go for waff as well, weather fair. Yeah, I'll go for waff, waff or buff. Waff technique. Feel free to drop those votes below. You want waff or buff? Let us know. So <laughs> our first one got sent in from at Paul Griff Show. And they said their game had to be Resident Evil on the PlayStation. Those dogs jumping through the windows has to be the first experience or jump scare in a game. But sudden it can't movement. dwell on it too much. Exactly sudden movement. It's definitely sudden movement. And you can't dwell on it too much because you've just got to get out of that hallway. So is it yeah. just, it's going to be just that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. And, and disease because they're zombies and you don't want to be zombies. Yes. And that comes and I, with like them having bits missing from their skin and stuff like that. It's something you don't want to see. Yeah, exactly. Real grim, real grim. Am I going to be um, marked at the end of this? Is this like a quiz? <laughs> yes, you will be marked. Yes. <laughs> and if, if you fail, you'll be leaving Grief Burrito. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Right. All right. Um, so the film that they've mentioned is Return to Oz. They said they saw it in the cinema as a three-year-old. That was a big mistake. And that gave me nightmares when the queen sits up in her bed without her head. That shit should never have been seen in a youth certificate. Completely agree. What, I have never be? seen that movie. Mm. I've never seen The Wizard of Oz, so... Oh my God. Does that surprise you? Does that surprise you? It shouldn't surprise me anymore. Guys, Jordan's seen like three films, including the three that I've made him watch. <laughs> so we're going to have to watch these, but the, the Return to Oz is a particularly dark film. It's, a, it's quite a scary thing. It's nothing like the original, the original film. Apparently it's a lot more like the books, which are a lot creepier. I okay. think with that, it's going to be sudden movement again when she sits up and then it's the unknown because it's paranormal. How is this Queen Mombi? How does she not have a head? And how is she alive? Mombi. Mombi. She's Queen Mombi. And she's got like glass cabinets full of heads and Dorothy's running down and they're all screaming at her while she's running. It's... Oh my God. What is this? This This film is a U certificate. It's like Watership Down. Yeah, that shouldn't have been a U. Mainly because that seagull tells him to piss off. (laughs) (laughs) That's just English for hello. Uh, Let's move on. Next one. Yes. At Cook808, our wonderful artist, Ross Cook, he says, The Haunting of Hill House. This was the the most scared I've been in a piece of entertainment in recent history. I loved it. The hidden ghosts in the corner of your eyes, the way jump scares were you sparingly, so they really hit you. And the moment where you see Carla Gugino's character dance walk around a corner chasing a family, that will stay with me forever. And then you find out why and your effing heart breaks. And I'd like to add something about Hill House myself. Okay. This is definitely un, you know, unknown and paranormal. I can say that without a shadow of a doubt. I was watching Bly Manor the other day, which is the, See, the, the spiritual sequel. One. Yeah, it's, you know, it's got the same actors, but it's a different story. And it's it the way American Horror Story to do it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, they're going down that route. And a, a ghost appeared at the window and you were expecting this like it holds it and you expect it to like go, ah, and like its face to change as the camera draws in on it but it doesn't. Instead, it just holds oh. its gaze and then it just moves away slowly and just disappears. And it is so much scarier than a jump scare. Jump scares are used way too much and they can they be are. a cheap thrill. They will startle you. You know, like we said in Dead Space, there are some startling things that will work, but they're not always long lasting scares. Creepier things like that are always scarier. Look, like, look at the Overlook Hotel from The Shining that we just mentioned. The yes. way that works it's the atmosphere the ho- whole hotel creates. It's creepier than a monster chasing me all the time. You know? I mean, yeah. I, and like when you get to Jack chasing Danny, that obviously is scary when he's like, Danny boy! That's pretty scary. <laughs> okay, next one. Next one is at supermediabros underscore. They said the evil dead hail to the king on the PlayStation 1. Did you play that game? I've got it. I've not played it. Well, okay, maybe get playing it. I think it'll be right up your street. From what I could see, it looks like if you crossed Medieval with uh, Resident Evil. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. 
I think that'll be right up your street. He said that there's no musical score in the cabin. So when you walk around, deadites just pop up out of nowhere and loudly, and it scared the crap out of me. I love it. Right. So that's unexpected, uh, isn't it? That's unexpected movement, that fear. Straight yeah, in straight up. Uh, Sarah asked if you've seen Ghostwatch. I have not. I have not either. Hmm, I'll have to look into that one. Let us know where we can find that, if it's a game or a movie, and we will look it up. Yes. At Cap Understands, which is Ross, who was on our show last week. Welcome, Ross. He said, the first time you see Pyramid Head in the apartments in Silent Hill 2, nothing else like it in video games. That's where he's having sex with a mannequin, right? I think so, yeah. And then you see him walk past the corridor in the background. Yeah. I feel yeah. bad that this this our section is going to end with us talking about having sex with a mannequin. Uh, yeah. Let's let's yeah. move on. <laughs> he also said the thing when they Fear are strapped to the chair. Uh, that is incapacitation. It is indeed. And if you guys aren't feeling so busy, I'd like to spend the rest of this winter not strapped to this effing couch. One of the best <laughs> lines in a film. It's like such a funny moment to something that you wouldn't expect for the rest of the film. Okay. Uh, at Geek Explore Pod, they said the tentacle grab in Dead Space. Nice. We've had the thing and we've had Dead Space. It shows we've got some good content. Yeah. Uh, so they put the time into making that one work when they scrapped three other ideas to get this one in the game. That was it's really great, good. Great I didn't scene. see it coming at all. No, no. So you walk down this corridor and it's a big hole in the wall and you don't really know why. Nothing really happens. And then it's like the third time you go past it or something, isn't it, Jordan? It's like... Yeah. It's, it's a few times in and this giant tentacle thing like comes out and grabs you and drags you down the corridor and you've got to aim at the the weak point on the arm. While you're being dragged down the corridor so it's yeah. nudging your aim. Before oh, it's so good. it drags you into the hole and just like... Oh, you shred explode. Like into- yeah, it, it's not pretty. Shred you like a cabbage. There's a movie on Shudder right now. Shudder I'm going to get because there are a lot of things I want to watch on there at the moment. Okay, yes. Being recommended that. There and that is it. That's time for Wrap us to wrap up. up. Let's wrap this burrito to go. Know what I'm saying? So thank you guys yes. for having us. It's been absolutely amazing fun being here with you guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting us on, guys. We really do appreciate Bye-bye. it. Thank you very much. Yes. It's been an absolute and, uh, pleasure. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hear more of our podcast, you can find us absolutely everywhere at Grief Burrito on every social you can imagine. And please make sure to leave us a little review and a five-star rating wherever you listen if you want to make our day a little bit brighter. And if you want to yes. get involved, you can email us at griefprio at gmail.com, can't they, Jordan, where they can get involved with our spooky episode each month. Exactly. We are Grief Burrito literally everywhere. You'll be able to find everywhere. us. Just throw and a piece I, of paper out of your window that says Grief Burrito and it'll find us. The wind will carry it to us. It's just that magical in the burrito realm. Like that Mario <laughs> level. Project. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to mention a project that's just kicking off soon that you might want to check out, which is called Cephalopod App, which is working on a new revolutionary way to help support podcasters, streamers, and creators. We're all very excited to be involved, and it's a great project. And you can find us everywhere at Cephalopod App. And if you want to find okay. out more, app at gmail.com. And that's Wonderful. everything. Thank you very much. Good fun, guys. Right. Enjoy great. the rest of the Thanks, Con. Thanks, Bye. Bye.